once again in the lounge. Flan, welcome back. Lights back on again. Yep, good to be here. Yeah, man of many words right here. Yeah, we're doing great. Uh, things are up and rolling. The, the last couple of episodes, lots of good feedback. Um, I, you know, I don't even want to beat around the bush. I do want to say go dogs. I went the entire last couple episodes and not one time was that mentioned, Flan. I did that because you're wearing that Aggie hat. I know you're in mourning. I know you guys are miserable in life right now. And I didn't want to pour salt in an open wound, but I think enough time has lapsed now. And I'm not even going to get going with the guys that we're talking to, one of which, you know, he married. I'll let him tell who he married to. So, I mean, he's got good intentions-ish. But uh, but anyway, go dogs. And uh, I'm editing all this. All this will be edited out anyway, so it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't blame you one bit. Uh, who are we talking to tonight, man? Well, we got uh, John Perry. And John is the head coach at Nixa High School in Missouri. He was the head coach in Mississippi, Pearl High School, High School. just yep. Pearl High School, but it and won a state championship at Pearl 6A there in Mississippi. And had, a, I mean, I was looking at your record stuff; it's impressive. I mean, you you won one state championship there and a whole bunch of other and runners would out. Have been, would have been two if it hadn't been for Cam Akers, you know, the the cat that plays running back for the Rams, right? Yeah. Like he played quarterback at Clinton High School, and the night we played them for the state championship, he had about somewhere between five and 600 total yards. And like, we just could not stop him. And, you know, he kept us from winning another one with that group of kids for sure. Sometimes you can turn the ball over. I mean, you can give them the ball like inside your own 10 and 10 yards at a pop. It's really hard to get 500 yards. So, I mean, uh, yes. if you don't, if you don't care. About oh, and we played great that night. They beat us like, I don't know, 42, 35. Like we played as good as we could play. We just could not tackle that dude when we had to tackle him. Like he was a man amongst boys, which, you know, obviously now we see why, you know, I mean, he <laughs> was still cool. trying to tackle him. No for doubt. Everybody, for everybody that's keeping score at home, like me, I've got my scorebook here. Every ho, every, every episode we've had somebody here and they've dropped names of people that are legit pro athletes. And I haven't heard anybody from you, Flan. I mean, we've been doing – how many episodes deep are we? I haven't heard one of yours. But, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying – I'm just calling it – I'm just calling it like I see it. I know there's a bunch, but you're not the type to drop names like that. But yeah. everybody else is saying – I just haven't heard one from you. And more. Dan Moore, starting left – rookie starting left tackle for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and who doesn't know him? I mean, right? <laughs> Good. <laughs> I mean uh... – we just win with – we don't get all these skill guys. We just win with, I mean, the big dogs. That's what we do. So, uh, I'm going to let John – John, you got the relationship. I'm going to let you introduce uh, – tell us about Phil a little bit. Well, when I was talking to you uh, about doing this and, and kind of where we were going with it, Phil, I met about two years ago when I, when I came up here, you know, interviewed for the job or whatever. He's, the, he's our defensive coordinator here. And, man, just – one of my favorite human beings in the world, you know, like uh, as good an individual as I've probably ever met and is a, a part-time storyteller as well, you know, just kind of natural at that. And I thought, man, if we're going to tell stories, you know, like he's the man because, you know, he likes to talk. Uh, he's pretty good at it. And, you know, he's, he's, he's done a great job with, with, as opposed to Matt, he likes to talk and he's not so good at it. Unbelievable. Now, let me say this. I got a story for Matt. Okay, Matt, you ready? Welcome to 
the Coaches Lounge podcast, dedicated to the experiences from the real coaches' offices around the country. These are the great stories we love to share and hear from the gridiron, court, and fields across America. Now, join coaches Kevin Flanagan and Matt Marshall as they open the lounge now. Bring it. 20... 28 years ago, I go into Pearl Junior High as a first-year coach, and we have our teacher uh, orientation day in the library. Well, I'm sitting there, you know, new and bored to death. I've already figured out these teacher meetings are are brutal, and I'm just kind of laid back, and I turn around and look, and there is a book on the shelf, Bear Bryant Autobiography. So I pull it off of the shelf, and I start reading it while they're going through all the teacher stuff. Well, then at the end of the day, I go to the librarian and I check it out because I want to finish the book. Like probably the first book I ever read cover to cover. Like it was like I didn't want to put it down. Like it was great. Well, when I get through with the book and I think, hold on a second, I'm going to show it to you. Hey, while he's going to get that, who's Bear Bryant? <laughs> Man, <I'll be> playing. <laughs> when I get to the end of the book. This is what it looks like. Don't even say it. Don't even say it. Don't even say it right there. Are you kidding me right now? Oh. It's autographed. Got his autograph. So, okay, I go back to the librarian. I I promised it a good Lord. I said, look. I'm so, I grew up, my dad's a preacher, so I'm, I'm an honest dude. Like, I try to be honest. And so I go back in there, and I'm like, look, I misplaced the book. I said, <laughs> how, much, how much do I owe you for the book? I want to pay for it. She looked it up, and because of the condition and all that, she said 25 cents. <laughs> I was like... Oh my God! Do you got two of them? Is there another I one? Around there you know? like, but that's that was my first day of school ever, and I've got an autograph, uh, Bear Bryant book to boot. So you know, I and just that was think you it, you've doubled what you paid for it and worse now. I mean, after, I mean, it's, it's it does pay to read, kids. No doubt, that's awesome. No doubt. So, hey, speaking uh, of reading, so the John and and I and and Matt and many others. Uh, are in uh, and we've had Randy Jackson on uh, obviously, and uh, the the coaches and we got a lot of coaches that listen to this. I'm telling you, the coaches mastermind. If you are not in the coaches mastermind, just I mean, take it from an old dude, and I mean you're you are missing out for sure, hundred percent. Doesn't matter. Matt's softball coach, he'll tell you the same thing. The stuff that's on there is uh, unreal. I mean, it's it you can apply it even to softball. Well, I gotta throw it. I mean, that's not a little passive aggressive at all. I mean, it's one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah, you know, it's a, for my it's career. phenomenal. No doubt, it's phenomenal. I, I mean, I, I got you know, yeah, little old softball me, but I, I, got, I mean, I was there. With it. He had, he had freaking Patrick Murphy, head coach of Alabama, on yeah. there, and I've made awesome. connections with him, and we've stayed in touch via Twitter and send messages, and yes. he's been helping me. And that's that's the greatest thing about that thing is you're putting, you're you're open up, and I think. It, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you got coaches are a, a weird breed, right? So they're some of the most motivated, yet insecure, yet going to go ahead and do things the way they always have, but old school and never going to change anything, but want to still be innovative and, and ahead of the curve, all bunched up into one, right? And because of this, 
people have realized coaches that have been doing this have been realizing that it's not so much a lecture, but just a room to bounce ideas off each other. And man, I've gotten better from softball, you know, and, and, no and we talk about things that aren't just football related. It's player and coach related. And it's, is you, you said it right, Kevin, you are old, but coming from everybody else, it is worth its weight in gold. A hundred percent. And, uh, John, you're on it quite a bit. John's well, man. I love it. I think, uh, I think I have, I have run across probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, about the time I met Randy, Randy introduced me to the success hotline, which then got me in touch with Dr. Gilbert. And I am a, you know, Dr. Gilbert fan. He's one of my mentors. I mean, when I go up to, I went up to Springfield this summer and spoke to a business. Dr. Gilbert takes three hours out of a Saturday to help coach me up so that when I go up there, I can, I can hammer it. You know what I'm saying? Like he has, he has been a mentor of mine and that's kind of what that mastermind has done because, you know, like one of the greatest way to teach your kids is to tell them stories, you know, like we all learn through stories and that mastermind, man, like you get more stories, you get more examples, you get more things that you can use with your kids, you know, and if we're in this to make a difference in our kids' lives, you need to tell them stories. And there's a lot of great stories that come out of that mastermind. hundred percent. And it's great for coaches like, like me, for instance, we talk about mentors, usually the older coaches, the head coach will, will mentor you for guys like us that don't have that where our head coach is a mentor for us. This mastermind is fantastic, you know? And so, yeah, you're exactly right. But let's get back to uh, the, the man with the best shaped head in, in the room, in the lounge today. So tell, tell us a little bit more about yourself or, or John, tell us about Phil. Let, let's let, first let Wickwar. How do you say your last name? Wickwar. Wickwar. Say W-I-C-K-W-A-R. Wickwar. So how do you guys know each other, but yeah, it goes back how long? Okay. Uh, we met John, uh, I've been coaching. I think I'm, I'm getting ready to start my 34th year, nine in college. Uh, the rest of them have been in high school. I've uh, been a head coach a couple times. Uh, probably wasn't my cup of tea to be honest with you. Uh, but it, it was a great experience. Uh, kind of settled at Nixa. It's, it's a very progressive program and had a lot of, uh, success in our area. Uh, and I was kind of just, uh, be honest with you Had coached the D line cause our head coach was defense coordinator. Uh, we had 10 all state D linemen in 11 years and kind of found my comfortable niche and, uh, just relaxing and, uh, our head coach retired and, uh, decided to move on. And I was, uh, you know, I was long in the tooth and I thought, eh, I'll see who they come up with. You know, I'll see who they come up with. And it has been <clears throat> probably one of the biggest blessings professionally and just personally. Uh, John Perry rolls into town, uh, very animated, you know, and uh, and uh, the main thing that he did for us since why I'm sitting on here tonight is just the growth mindset the absolute growth mindset. And uh, at my age, and I'm probably not going to, I don't know, hell, I'm growth mindset. I might win a day come Super Bowl. But at my age, it had turned into uh, what fuels me is investing in young men. And the platform that football gives us uh, is, I'm probably a frustrated preacher, 
that had too many uh, 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 faults. So I found football coaching. And uh, when John came in, I think that's our connection. He is so sincere about the culture. And I've never met a, a I've, I've been blessed to be around a lot of great coaches. And, and we all have that side to us. But John is so intentional about investing from the curriculum. Uh, and he's just a great guy to, uh, in the end and in the heat of the moment. And, and we've been, you know, believe it or not, once or twice pissy with each other on the sideline, you know, because it's uh, we're competitors. And I think probably both being uh, offensive alignment goes back a long ways because I think you're servant-minded individual. But I, I have been rebirthed just with my enthusiasm, with growth, uh, and uh, j- just the mission and the opportunity we have to invest in young men. And so it's just, it's just a blessing. It's a blessing at this time of my career when, uh, you know, it could be it could be tempting to be casual and lazy and just set on the experience. Uh, and uh, it's just more exciting to grow. Uh, no way to yeah. be no way to be casual and lazy around around that dude. No, no, that's impossible. No. Hey, let me ask you this, Kevin. Aren't y'all from Texas? Yes, sir. Which one of the I, – I, I was telling Kevin, which one of those junior colleges was you at, Phil? Ranger, which Ranger. no longer has football. Yes. So, I, yes, yes. I hear I a was, lot of stories. We were, uh, we were battling with uh, 16 full scholarships to 35, uh, and I, I resigned when uh, – I was the liaison to the president, and we got very competitive at one point. Didn't win a lot of ball games. Got very competitive, placed a lot of kids. I was a finalist. Uh, forgive me of the years. The year after, two years after Willie Les Blinn, I came in second to the Navarra job and second to the Blinn job. And then the year after that which in my mind as a young guy, I was 32 years old. I thought, you know, you never know how that would have ended out. Uh, but uh, then the next year they, they voted in five uh, summer scholarships. And I knew I couldn't look a high school kid in the face and tell them we were a good bet, you know, to go. We were the, we were the worst. Our, our recruiting scheme in the four years, I had some phenomenal people, Keith Wagner and, and, and uh, Brian Fetzer, who was at the head uh, track coach at Virginia for many years, phenomenal people. And we, our scheme was we could look at a young man and say, Hey, you know, and we'd bring them right to campus. They knew what we were about because we had the worst campus, worst facilities, but we had twice the graduating. So we had about six kids to each teacher. We had about twice the graduating. So our, our stick, which we believed in was, you know, yes, Tyler's much more of a nicer campus, but that's not your dream. Your dream's OU, your dream's, you know, Texas Tech, your dream's let's get you back there. So name dropping, it was the time of Michael Bishop. That was the best athlete I've ever seen on the football field. We used to roll our coverage when quarterbacks rolled out. We were we'd roll to the strong side, and we couldn't with him because he could stop, throw it back across the field for about sixty-five yards. So we had to adapt to him. Go, Willis, Willis, Texas guy. Right Willis, Texas. He's phenomenal. He still calls some uh, basketball games here in Tomball. Oh, he does he really? A little officiating occasionally. Yeah, 
Yeah. All right, Phil, John, you guys were saying all the nice, all talking points. I I want the dirt now. Let's make this fun. I mean, you guys did all the nice pleasantries and all the foreplay. Now let's just get into writing the goods. Like you guys have cuddled. Now let's just go ahead and go at it. Now I got to hear the the never quit story. I'm going to give you the never quit story, but I want to tell you this too. The one thing that we do up here that is absolutely awesome and feels the captain, like he's the team leader, feels the stud. When we win, Okay, we go to a coach's house, same coach, and has a very nice backyard, and we have a celebration. You know, like you're supposed to celebrate when you win, and we celebrate, okay? Like, it's really good, okay? So we started out celebrating, and Phil is the celebration king. Like, there have been some parties because they had this little ritual that, okay, every time we win a game, we're going to take a shot. Well, I don't think they expected us to win a whole lot of games that first year. You know what I'm saying? Well, when we got to win number eight or nine, like, wow. You know, so, like, I will guarantee you this. Phil might have went home with his clothes on, or he might have ripped them off. Like, (laughs) Phil is the – the captain of the post game, like the post game, the post game get togethers got so incredible that like it was borderline dangerous. You know, you're just like, I don't know if we need to win another game. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Which but one's Phil more is, painful, losing or celebrating? The of hey, There's no hey. doubt about it. There's a swimming pool involved that has a lot to do with the clothes. Okay, there's a swimming pool. So nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, he's already he's already set the bar filled. Let it yeah. run. Man. Well, what he what he what he threw out to me was just some humorous stories from our past in coaching. Is that is that accurate or or if you don't like them, personal stuff too? That's great. I mean, let's let's okay. let's get dirty. Let's Whatever fling some mud, man. Tell him tell him what you were saying before when we were talking on the phone, Phil. How you said you hated that his John Gruden haircut and you wanted him to get rid of that and shave it, and go bald no, like you and me. No. That's what you were saying earlier. I'm just telling you, yeah, I, John. I know, John I'm I just telling. You, see, John, he's <laughs> he's just trying to look like another John. He said, Psst. "Hey, you, yeah, you." like what you hear subscribe share with your friends and tell everybody all about this you want even more cool stuff come support us on patreon you get more of the cool stuff and you get secret stuff that nobody else gets all by joining our patreon well i had some i had some i had some i queued up some old uh stories from the past but that might not be what you want <laughs> yeah because i think real life is more entertaining than, than make believe you know so uh one time i had a, i had a couple one time uh pride, prided myself on uh pre-game speeches Pr- pretty excited like i said probably a frustrated preacher that never made it and uh so we came into uh uh, the facility at, at Ranger, we had warmed up, and man, they were gladiators. They were going, and uh, we had lined up. We had a thin area in our locker room, and they were about I don't know fifty kids deep. And I started in, man. I started in, and I don't know. I'm sure you guys have all have had this. You know when you have them. When you don't have them, you might as well shut the heck up. 
But when you have them, it's a unique, it's almost an out-of-body experience. And those those athletes, and in junior college, it was such a thrill to me because, you know, I'm coaching athletes that are so much more athletic than myself, you know, and asking them to do and watching them do stuff. So I'm about mid-sermon, and I'm frothed up. They're loving it. They're loving it. Well, a little side story is, and I wish I had this story, but <laughs> I, I have a tooth. I have a tooth on a flipper. And, and that's it, fantastic. Yeah, it wasn't fitting real good back then. Okay, I've got a little better fit on it now. So I'm going, I'm going, and I'm bringing it home. And that dead gum thing flew straight out of my damn mouth. And about two rows back, I had a little DB on a knee. And that, that little sucker stabbed it midair and brought it right down. His old eyes are still wide because he was all in. He wanted nothing to interrupt. So I finished my sermon, and that poor little kid took two steps towards the field and go turns around and goes, here, coach. And I go, thank you. And we went out. So that was I always appreciate him. That might have been the only interception that little part ever had. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, he was locked in. You had it locked in. It, it is a magical in. feeling, isn't it? When you know you got them right in your <laughs> hey. hand, and you know that they're, they'll do anything for you. That there's no no nothing meat can compete with that feeling. No. It's a rush. Like I said, it's it's dang near an out of body experience. And I've learned in my age when you when you've got something good to say but you don't have them. I use it in the classroom too. You might as well shut the hell up, do a worksheet because you <laughs> yep. know it's, if you don't have them, you don't have them. I feel and thank you for putting into an explanation. Every time I see Flanagan, he asked me how I landed my wife. That right there is how I did by doing that right there, because he lets me know all the time that I outkicked my coverage, how, yeah. and it's not, you know, because I'm well endowed. It's not because I have a lot of money. It's because I had, I gave her a sermon and she still hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah, I figured it was because she had an out of body, body experience and just happened to catch the body when she wasn't around. Or a roofie, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it happens. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Hey, by the way, thank you very much. I mean, you, you could tell the sound quality wasn't very good. I'm sitting here talking and I don't even have the microphone plugged in and you don't even say anything to me. Well, I mean, you know, cause I really don't see an improvement with the microphone. I didn't want to say that it'd be, I didn't want to be that guy, but I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad that you push record this time. <laughs> now okay so now maybe if you can get your the, your notifications to stop dinging in the middle of these great stories we would be oh, all set Dale coley jumped on he's got technical skills he could tell me how to do it i don't know how to do it he doesn't even know how to turn his camera or his microphone on it's a good thing it's a good thing face for radio so perfect all right so phil you're you're you, you guys are playing it safe okay so hey so you guys have known each other for approximately how long two years two years long enough to get on each other's nerves i imagine <laughs> no okay okay uh, you guys are playing it safe i could go what we'll, we'll biting his it. lip i don't know yeah okay nah. so let me uh, okay so let, let's just go with this john phil we have some ongoing debates here in the lounge right so like is it are you a friday night shorts guy or friday night pants guy that's the first debate i am 100 percent against the shorts Yes, sir. Like a true Grudenite. Yes, I mean, sir. I don't like now. There are people up here that wear them, but like I just, I, okay. And I'm a short guy. Like I'm, I say, like I wear shorts all the time. You're not very tall. Like, I, I put I put pants on for two reasons. 
to go to church and to play ball games. And that's it. Like I wear shorts. Like tonight we go out to eat and it's 22 degrees. I got shorts on. I, I never wear long pants, but I will never wear shorts in a, in a ball game. To me, that's disrespectful. Who? There you go. There you go. Disrespectful to the game. To the to game. The game. Okay. So let me I, 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 I think it's serious. Like I think, I think they pay me 100% to come in here and to ultimately go out there and put a team out there that represents our city and, and wins. I mean, if you don't win, even in high school, you know, in this sport, you're going to get fired, you know? So, you know, I just feel like, I'll tell you this true story. My mentor is Bobby Hall. He's one of the greatest coaches uh, in the state of Mississippi, won 300 and I think 43 games. Well, he, he, he wins a couple of state championships at a little three, a school and he jumps to a four, a school, Louisville powerhouse his first year he loses the first two games of the year and he comes home after that second loss and he has a uh, for sale sign in his yard and they are calling for, for his job week three he goes out to that ball with a shirt and tie on because his rationale was if they fire me tonight i'm gonna at least look good now that was after about 40 wins, 300 wins later, the dude still wore a shirt and tie, you know? So like, I didn't, like, I didn't wear a shirt and tie, like, you know, I just did, but I felt like long pants, you know, and I, I, I wear like a vest and, you know, like I try to, it, it, to me, it's like going to church. Okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a, a clothing story. John's not going to be asked to be in GQ magazine. Okay. Motivational digest. He's told you it's gym shorts. It's, it's, it's a hoodie. That's that is, is at his uh, daughter's wedding. Okay. It's everywhere. But I, uh, our strength coach is a good friend of mine and we had coached at another school. We, we're, we're 22 years together. Okay. And he's a big man. And our first ball game, everybody's just, you know, that first year you coach with each other, you can have a lot of respect, but you've never been through this before. And so John's pretty casual in the room and he's got his shorts on and he, and he's toted in his little outfit, you know, kind of like the uh, prom, you know, he's ready, he's ready to go. And we're down at, at Branson high school. And so we've gone our warmups and hell I sweated through three of my shirts and, you know, and I got my, and John goes in all by himself after the warm-up, and he gets his little outfit on. It's this little vest, you know, and these little pants. And and he, and he comes walking out, and if I'm lying, I'm dying. Our student section is one of the greatest ones around in southwest Missouri, probably four or 500 students strong, all in unison, dress alike, chanting, it's, we're spoiled. And they start chanting. This man's first game, Perry. Perry, Perry, and he's strutting. He's strutting like a damn peacock in pants and a vest. Hell and yeah! Buddy, and my buddy looks at me, John Gold, and he goes, "Our head coach is a pimp." <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And that's our first game together. That's our first game together. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, okay. Like when I look over there on the other sideline. And they got shorts on. My first thought is we're going to whip their ass. You know, okay. Like, I yes. like that. And I don't want to interrupt you, but our last couple episodes, coach, who was with us? Yeah, John Bosco. I mean, uh, John Negro, Jason from Negro, my bad, from uh, St. John Negro. Bosco. And, uh, and, they, and Patrick uh, Walsh from Sarah. And 
number one team in the nation, national championship. He said he's straight, short city. You know, and you're gonna whoop his wow. ass. Is that is that a challenge here? Well, we we would we would we would play him. I'm not gonna say we'd win, <laughs> but if we played him, we'd still have long pants on. <laughs> you lose gracefully. Hey, let me say pants. this. Let me say this. Maybe Jason Negro, he just said you're disrespecting the game, even if you're national champions, because you're wearing shorts. <laughs> the gauntlet has been dropped, my friend. Bring bring it. What about are there are there are there okay from Pearl, Mississippi to Nixon, Missouri? It is different. Like it's a different culture. It's a different, you know, like I don't know where they're located, but I'm just saying, like, maybe, maybe there's a cultural difference. I mean, we just don't like in Mississippi. I don't know that I coached a ball game against another team that wore shorts. I just, I don't know that I ever did that. You know what I'm saying? And it's hot down there now, right? I mean, no disrespect at all, but what in the hell kind of cultural difference is going to determine shorts or pants? Well, Again, there can't be a cultural just, difference. Is there a cultural difference between Mississippi and Orange County, California? There's no, there's no difference there. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest. Listen, I've been to Mississippi. I have, I have friends and family that live in Missouri. There ain't no difference between Mississippi and Missouri except the climate. Oh, man. Oh. You have lost your mind. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, I'm not even going to say that. No. There is a difference. You already started. It's like when you pee. You Once you start, you can't stop. There is, there, there is a difference. There's not a huge difference. I mean, it's still life, but, you know, I, th- I think <laughs> it is, though. There's a difference between Nixon, Missouri, and Los Angeles, California. Like, there is a difference. There is What's a difference. What's the difference? Oh, my God. <laughs> that is a different world. So, well, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one when I went down to Texas, and, and you know, I'm a history minor. It's not like I didn't understand history. I didn't know I was a Yankee. Uh, yes. every, everybody down there called me a damn Yankee. I, I did. I I hated to tell them that Dagon War was over a long time ago, but they <laughs> they 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 insisted. I'll tell you the other cultural difference in Texas. I had to go buy me some boots. I still have the same boots. I'm pretty sure they're out of style, and I couldn't afford them when I bought them, but I had to to go recruiting. But uh, when I got pulled over by a police officer out on I-20 in Texas, and they found out you're a coach, it was a long conversation and a firm warning. In Missouri, they wanted, you know, you're just a guy that couldn't be any other professional, okay? That's right. And so there's a big cultural difference. Fair, fair. Fair, touche. In fact, I yeah. have one of those similar right there with you. Uh, and I'm not going to say what city was, but a city I was dry, I was speeding through a school zone and uh, a Tomball uh, police officer <laughs> uh, stopped me. And uh, I actually I was texting and speeding through a school zone. And uh, I happened to be texting a teacher in the school that I was speeding past, which, you know, whatever. And so I get lit up lights and uh, he pulls me over and, and he said, you know, this, I said, man, I know I, you got me. I didn't even, I'm not even gonna fight it. I was wrong. And he saw my, my pullover and it said Tomball softball. In it. And he said, uh, you know, you know, you were going to, Hey man, does that say Tomball softball? I said, yeah. And he goes, <clears throat> hey man, I got two girls to play softball. <laughs> and, and I got out of that. I got out of that ticket. Not only did I got a ticket, but then he gave me his number and wanted me to give lessons to his daughters and his daughter signed up for our softball camp. <laughs> and I got an attaboy. Don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you what, true story. When I moved here, not long after I've been here, I asked uh, our offensive coordinator's name is Aaron Wells. He played quarterback at Nixon. And I just one day asked him, I said, uh, 
If you got a speeding ticket in the city of Nixa, would you have to pay it? And he said, oh, yeah, I'd have to pay it. And I'm like, oh, my God. In Pearl, Mississippi, I could probably kill somebody and get away with it. Like, you just, like, I wasn't going to pay a speeding ticket. I wasn't going to, you know, if you come through Pearl, Mississippi today, you're not going to have to pay the speeding ticket either. Like, that's just the way it is. Well, not long. long you just incriminated yourself. This is going to end up on Dateline. You know this, right? <laughs> well, if you get a speeding ticket, holler at me. I can help you out. But anyway, not <laughs> soon. Not long after part. that, I get a I get pulled over in my in my neighborhood. Like I'm I'm there's a cop going to come in behind me, and I still had a Mississippi tag on, and he's kind of he's kind of weird. It's about midnight. Me and Phil was coming back from a all region meeting or something, and he pulls in behind me, and I was speeding a little bit but he don't turn his lights on. He follows me about two miles. I turn into my neighborhood and I got like a black explore, explore, all the windows are tinted out, Mississippi tag. So he pulls me over and he stands back behind the vehicle. And the whole time I'm thinking, we fixing to see, you know what I'm saying? Like, am I really going to have to pay this ticket? So I had already, because he told me that he would have to pay the ticket. One of the first things we did as a senior class, and I probably have one in here. I do challenge coins. Well, our challenge coin is a DMGB challenge coin. So the seniors went to the police station and gave all the police officers a challenge coin just and kind of taught them what DMGB means, you know, just because it, Hey, it's a tough time to be a police officer in this country. And I wanted to do that for goodwill. But then also I'm thinking like down the road, if I get caught speeding, like, you know, maybe it'll help me out. So anyway, I got my DMG coin in my pocket and I pulled it out and I put it on the dashboard. Well, he's standing back behind the vehicle, shining his light. It's kind of weird. You know, I'm like, what's going on? Well, finally he gets up there still behind me. And he says, uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm going home. He's like, uh, well, you're from Mississippi. What are you doing here? I was like, I just haven't got my tags changed yet. I'm going home. He's like, well, uh, what, 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 what brought you here? And I'm like, well, I'm the new football coach. And about that time, he peeped his head around, and I held up my challenge coin. I'm like, you got one of these? <laughs> well, he did. He let me go with a warning. So I'm still. I think that I think coaches in general have a large impact on a community, you know, just in general. So, you know, there are things that are, are good about being uh, a high school coach. And I'm sure there's lots of things that are bad too, but, you know, I have found in my time, that's one of the good things because, you know, they tend to help you out because you, you at the same time can help them out, you know, with things that they get into in the school district and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, now forgive me. I, I, I apologize ahead of time for my being naive. What is DMGB? DMGB is it stands for doesn't matter, get better, which actually means this. And it's the first thing we teach our parents. If you're not getting what you want out of life, if you're not getting what you want out of this football team, out of your position, out of your relationship with your wife, it's one of two reasons. Number one, you are not trying hard enough. Or number two, you just aren't good enough. Either way, the answer is it really doesn't matter. Get better. You know, so our whole focus is how can we get better? You know, and so like, don't come, don't come ask us why your son's not playing. You already know what the answer is. He either ain't trying hard enough or he's not good enough. Either way, put his head down and go to work. You know, just it is what it is.
He's dropping bombs on us, coach. Love it. He's dropping bombs on us. Doesn't matter. Get better. Get out of my face. You already know the answer. DMGB. You need a, you need a reminder. Here's a get out of jail for I mean DMGB coin. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Actually, though, you know what? He's brought to us that uh it 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 sounds challenging, it is and it is, but now it's a commitment that like mistakes aren't a phobia. Mistakes are part of the process. Thank and, you. And, and I'm telling you. Uh, our kids have thrived in that arena that, you know, because I think, I think through fear and through comparison, uh, kids are just frozen in giving it their shot. What if I give a shot and it's not good enough? Well, then, then we'll regroup and we'll scheme again. But the aggressive positive mistakes has made a, uh, a cultural monumental shift since coach Perry has been here. And I know I'm supposed to be ripping him, but that's been a big one. And got plenty if, of opportunity. If he hasn't, if he hasn't uh, shared the, and I think there's a uh, Mr. Knight one, but the E plus R equals O. I teach in my health class. That's we all do one. that. You got to grab it, you know. And it's yep. just, it's just I phenomenal. Teach, I teach that to my ten year old daughter. Yeah, I, I mean yeah. it's a life lesson. I live Without by. A doubt. Coach Flanagan, I, I will give him that. He hasn't taught us mo- mo- much as coaches underneath <laughs> him, but he did, and uh, I, he he put that in front of us, and it was like a man, holy crap moment. That is what I've. There is a term that goes with what I've been preaching this whole time, and it was that right there. But going back to what you said, Phil, you said something that thank. I'm so happy you say that because this year it doesn't even translate just to football again. I know I'm just a lowly softball coach, Flan. You don't have to remind me. But I teach my girls. I ask them all the time, do I, do, I, do I want you making mistakes in practice? And the answer is absolutely. And what cut and the reason why, I want you to be able to scratch that off the list of potential ways to do this. And then once that's done and you realize that's not it, make a different mistake. So you can scratch that one off. Make all the mistakes you want because eventually you're going to run out of choices. The only one left is that right one. And for to hear you say that, and I think a lot of it is associated with social media, these games. Everything is instant gratification, and and you don't have to work and understand a long term goal as much as we did, you know, just twenty years ago. And just the just the uh, the well, I think we've given to, and I don't I'm taking a serious term, but the critic we've given we've given value to the critic. Okay, it's it's not the competitor, it's not the winner or loser. It's it's the it's the jackwad that's sitting on the side making opinions about us is who we've actually given the value to. And and you know, it's it's the the one the critic doesn't count. It's the men in the arena. And I've just noticed it in the classroom since we talk about a cultural difference. I actually teach school. Uh, there's a cultural difference from Mississippi and Texas, but uh, you know, it's it's a health class, and and kids are phobic about trying to answer a question. I mean, you're trying to get, you know, name a carbohydrate, you know, you know, all of them. We have very intelligent kids, but just they're so concerned about people's uh, uh, opinion, you know, or, or criticism. And I, I do. I think it, I think it comes from social media. And I'm glad it wasn't around when I went through. You know, I, I'm just glad it, yeah. I, I had a childhood without it, you know, and it, yeah. and it could be so positive. Coach Perry uses it in a huge positive way. 
but uh yeah it can be it can be you know yeah. and 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 that's one of the things that uh, i've learned from just listening to some of these college coaches is they've said you know i love social media i embrace it it's a great it's yeah. the new commercials for for this generation if done properly but that's the key done properly and healthy yeah 100 yeah, now um Matt, did I ever tell you about the fat little fat kid story? Have we told that story about the little fat no, kid? No, but but please do. No, it's a great deal. It's a turning point when I was at Crosby. Uh, so we're we're at practice, and you know we're on the turf field and stuff. So we split it up: defense on one end, offense on the other. And uh, kind of wrap up practice. We come down, and our our defensive linemen are man. The coach is he's red face. He is pissed. Kids are pissed, and, and I'm thinking, what in the world is going on down here? And uh, so I said, Coach, what do you use? Troy Fox was a coach over there. I said, Troy, what's going on? He said, Coach, down there on the track, there's this little fat kid, and he was like a freshman in high school, and he said, he is just ripping us. I don't know what he's doing out here. He, I think it was a band kid or something. He said, but he, he's sitting over there, and he's watching. He's going, that's why y'all don't win games. That's why I don't. And we were, you know, we lost about three in a row. And it's like, what in the world? And uh, – so anyway, I, I send one of the coaches down there and I said, go get that kid. And he comes down and, and I said, I, I heard you uh, had some things to say about the team. And he, he said, he kind of him hauled around. I said, well, I want you to talk to the team and, and tell them what you said. And of course he kind of goes, okay, I get to do this deal. And he buckles up. And so he steps up there and he says a few things about what he thinks real negative and stuff. And then I just kind of shove him to the side. And I said, guys, this guy right here, who's in the band in 10 years, he's going to be sitting in the stands, and that's the guy you're listening to. You're listening to this guy who doesn't know, and I'm totally ignoring this kid right now. He's in the back. Boy, his old head starts dropping. It's like, oh, God, this is uh, – and we go through – we go – I'm not making – we go on a 10-game winning streak after that. And after the season, one of my coaches doing a PowerPoint talking about the season, and he breaks it down, and he goes, you know, lose three – Little fat kid comes to practice. Ten game winning streak. We need more fat kids. <laughs> hey, uh, coach, I hate to tell you this, but I don't think you're allowed to fat shame like that. I think we we'll have to end that. Out. <laughs> hey, speaking of fat shame, I got a story. <laughs> oh, this, this is a good story. Okay, y'all ever seen Sanford and Son? Oh yeah, yeah. Red okay. Fox. Aunt Esther. Okay, just think about think about Aunt Esther. Okay, like we had this kid at Pearl in the summer. His name was uh, Carlos. And he had this mother that her her normal clothing attire was a uh, was house shoes and just a what do you call a, a moo moo, uh, you know like a a, a, a it was like a shower curtain right like, yeah like a shower it's a, a, uh, a moo moo yes okay well that and, and she should have her hair up in a little bun and that was just normal that that's just every time you ever saw her it was like that well I hadn't had much to do with her but. Word had gotten out that I was going to cut her son because in the summertime, like I just give them about two or three weeks. And if they don't show up, I just go draw a line through their name. And they're just when they show up and see a line through their name, they know to go home. Well, she shows up one day and she walks up those stairs and she says, hey, fat ass, what you doing? I'm like, I'm just looking at her and I'm like, little old bitty lady. I'm like, ma'am, she said, I heard you was thinking about cutting Carlos. And she pulls out a damn knife out of her pocket and says, I'll cut your big ass. And I just got tickled. Now, like, she was funny. Like, I knew she wasn't fixing to cut me, but I thought, 
you know what? I'm not going to cut Carlos. Okay. Like Carlos is fine. Like we're, so I, we, we were friends. Like we, we were friends. Well, one day she comes bouncing out on the middle of the practice field. I see her get out the car. She's got her house shoes on her robe, her hair up in a net. And she's got this damn route 66 from uh Sonic. I'm, what is she? She's walking right out in the middle of the practice field. She walks right over to her son, Carlos, who's in D-line group individual time and hands him this, no. this lime. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, she looked at me and she was like, what you want to say, fat ass? And I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, the next time you bring him one, you don't bring me one. I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to touch you. I swear to God, the next day she walked out with two. <laughs> she walked one right to the group. She walked one right. We're right in the middle of practice. And I'm like, oh, my God. But she was also the same lady that showed up to the banquet. And she was like, coach, I'm not bringing this inside because this is too good. She went out in her back seat. She had a fried uh, uh, raccoon on the back seat of her seat, on the back seat of her car. She had just fried that Joker, man. She was like, "You got to try some of this." I was like, "All right, ain't no way I'm eating that thing." It looked like a freaking raccoon. It was like what the world. You know now what? That, speaking of fat, like that, but that was her name for me. Like it didn't matter. Fat <laughs> hey, ass, how you doing? <laughs> but she, you was, know, but then going through all that, you know, and any other profession, you guys would write each other off never speak again and then have some sort of preconceived notion about anybody that looked like you or thought like you or talked like you ever again. She probably has your back until the day, either oh, one of y'all die now too, right? Fantastic. Like if somebody had tried to do something to me, she might have cut them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like she was awesome, but she was hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a coach on compassion, but I don't know if I can follow that one. Uh, Absolutely. But when, but when I was, that one's a tough one to follow. But uh, when I was, uh, th this was when I would, Kevin's, Kevin kind of reminded me of this with how, how he mentored that young man on the track. Uh, but, you know, we all were a little intense uh, when we were growing up. So I, uh, I was coaching down there for two years. First of all, before I became a head coach of Ranger, I was coaching for a guy named Kurt Nichols, who's real intense, phenomenal guy. I've been down in Texas, went to Tyler, uh, high school and was an All-American over at uh, Tulsa, but Kurt's great guy, but intense. So I was a strength coach and, and we were in a facility that we had revamped and we had a weight room. We, we had somewhat next door. It was an old seventies hospital. We had somewhat of a, of a training room, but we had no trainers. And then we had our coach's office and we had a busy day, man. We had a busy day. And I started, I was working out kids like every 15 minutes in groups of four. And I was in there from 7am till this off season. I was in the Christmas time. I was in there 7am till like five at five 30. I'd be in Eastland, Texas. Cause my, 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 I had to watch my son stand on stage and not seeing a dead gum note of his Christmas preschool, uh, <laughs> Thing. And then I had to be back in Ranger because we were having a uh, we were having our, our uh, uh, end of the year banquet. So I'm busy and it's 430 and I'm probably short on patience. And somebody said, Coach, you're having a phone call. And I was young. I was fiery. I was out of control. And we were having a core lift. And that's where I was spending my time and screaming, yelling. And then we'd move them to auxiliary lifts. They'd go on. So I ran and got the phone. I came walking back in. And, you know, this eight hours in, I start in on a group. 
and a kid walks up where I'm coming down the hall, a kid named Lawrence Driver, not even on our dadgum team. Great guy, 25 years old. I mean, we got them all. I want to be a football player. He's married. And it looks like Lawrence has ripped his fingernail off. Well, that just pissed me off because I don't like your blood. I'm okay with my blood. I don't like your blood. Oh, there you go. Dang it, not at 4.30 in the afternoon. And I'm like, damn it, Lawrence. And and I told him the door was there. I said, go stick that thing under the under the faucet. So he's saying, you know, yeah, coach. Lawrence, great dude, man. Just never had a bad day. So he's in there sticking under the faucet. I go back in. I got a couple guys hitting some big squats. And I'm, I'm in on it. <laughs> well, Lawrence's workout partner came up to me. Man, he's white as a sheet. And, uh, and he, he's, he's, that's not his normal color. Okay. And he's just flush. And I said, uh, I said, what the hell is wrong with you? And he said, coach, I can't work out over there. I said, get your butt over there and work out. I didn't use that. Uh, Lawrence's finger was laying over there, folks. Lawrence oh. his finger off. I thought he had torn his nail off. And and he and to this day, he had dropped two dumbbells. We've all seen it in the weight room. He landed on the head of another dumbbell and it popped the end of that finger just plumb oh. off. And I've got that poor kid under a faucet <laughs> by himself. <laughs> Good Lord. Like 10 minutes. So I'm, oh man. So we went over there and then we had a hell of a coaching meeting because none of us wanted to go pick the finger up, you know? (laughs) They didn't. Thank goodness, Coach Nichols. Oh, yeah. Coach Nichols' man, he went and picked it up. We put it on ice. They they didn't use it. They just sewed the end together. But man, there's a story on compassion for you, you know? (laughs) 